Blog Talk Radio. Publishing. Um, we are a publishing company that has in the past um, published several books on the U.S. color line, um, including uh, the previous owner, uh, Dr. or Professor Frank Sweet, wrote um, the book, um, it's just the legal history of the U.S. color line, which has been a fabulous reference book for anyone who researches or studies mixed blood uh, genealogy or history or um, wants to understand uh, the condition of such people uh, and the laws uh, of their times. Um, we also have several other books out, and we are working diligently right now to get Bells of the Creek Nation uh, by Scott Siebel. He has written um, with Tony Hill, who is his cousin, 
or Stephen Hill, and uh, they are cousins, and uh, they are uh, Stephen works uh, hard all the time and, and publishes quite often. He also has a chapter coming up in the Goins book, along with several other of the descendants who um, are descended from these um, Goins families that are mixed blood from basically the Virginia, early Jamestown, Virginia, all the way through into, you know, spread out across the United States, but um, moved into Mississippi Territory, Georgia, Alabama, into Louisiana, East Texas, some went up into Missouri, we're finding out, and, uh, well, we, anyway, um, we have a new book, uh, Bells of the Creek Nation, by, um, and it's been edited by um, Paul Johnson, and Paul Johnson's with the MHA, and so we're working really hard to get that one out, and we've been promising it for a while, but uh, we, with the, uh, Gabe, who we are dedicating this show to today, um, Mishiho, as some of us know him, Gary Gabe Hart, uh, passed away. Um, on uh, April 29th of this year, just a, a few weeks ago, and um, he was working on writing the foreword for that book, and uh, he enjoyed it quite a bit, and um, he uh, was not able to accomplish that. Um, so um, we had to kind of rethink our, our strategy and, and find another um, Scott uh, Withrow with the MHA um, uh, stepped up and said he he thought that he would he could do that for us and so we're very grateful and and hope to get that book out soon. Um, the Melungeon Heritage Association also um, made their announcement for their upcoming uh, union and I'll talk about that more in a little while. I wanted to start out with today we're dedicating this show as I said um, we lost our good friend our brother and. Um, father and, and a wonderful husband and researcher um, extraordinaire. I mean, he's an Indian activist. He he just absolutely took a, a, a stand on many, many issues that, uh, that have come before his life. He was born um, July 24th, 1943. And I thought just as an interesting point that I would look up what was going on in the United States at that time. And at that time in 1943, on this very day, we were uh, bombing Hamburg, Germany. Uh, Britain and the United States worked together on bombing raids on Hamburg, continuing nonstop for seven days and nights with British bombers bombing Hamburg by night and Americans bombing it by day. The resulting firestorms from the bombing left at least 40,000 dead in the first three days. And so that was what what Gary was kind of born into was right in the midst of World War II and our participation in that. And I, I believe that his father was also a veteran, and, and I'm not sure where he might have been serving um, we have some family that um, his brother Rich and, and his very good friend Connie are, are going to try to call in today and uh, listen in and, and possibly help share some of their memories of Gary because uh, we all have had um, 
I, I did so much research with him that uh, I I just can't. I, I started to try to go through and remember all of the places that that Gabe and I visited and researched. And um, he is the author of, of several um, articles that came out with the Redbone Chronicles. And so he's authored a lot of, of quite popular articles with um, the Redbone Heritage Foundation. And um, he does have a blog on the Internet called Redbone Redbone. And um, I'm, I'll post the link because I didn't have that up, but I have, I will post the link. But you can visit his, any of his websites or his writing from the backintime.biz. Uh, there is a drop-down menu across the top, which says uh, either Gary Gabehart or Michi Ho, and, and it'll take you directly to anything that he's written or uh, that we have archived. Um, he was a, a quite an Indian activist. He was a, a registered Chickasaw Indian, um, but he 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 did acknowledge and and say that. You know, um, most of his actual blood ties were to the Choctaws, and and he talked to us about that numerous times. And there's YouTube videos that I have prepared over the years, and um, on research, different research trips, and I've had him tell different stories. And he's always called into the blog talk radio from the first episode um, to give us feedback and comments and tell some more of the family stories, but. Um, over the years, uh, Gary and I, um, just to name a few, we visited um, Lake Charles, the Alamo. We we went to Austin. We stayed for several days in Austin doing extensive research on the Natchez Trace Collection um, there, uh, which is housed all the Mississippi Territorial Papers, um, the Clayton Library in Houston, we went up and down the Natchez Trace to the Chickasaw Nation, the old agency, and the Choctaws. We visited Las Adeas and spent, you know, an afternoon there uh, doing a little bit of research and finding out more about Fort Las Adeas there at Natchitoches, Louisiana. He was so in love with his family, and he um, had such passion with his his ancestral roots and. He even, I believe, he, he uh, and uh, his wife Peggy uh, went to Hawaii a few in the last few years and met all of these extended families that actually went to Hawaii and settled. And I think that was quite a wonderful trip to um, connect with those people as well. Um, you know, he never forgot anybody's connection to the family. And um, I may have a little hard time today, but that's understandable. And I will try my best to um, keep myself together. But I still have those moments where, um, you know, I'm reading something along and researching something. And I think, oh, well, I'll call Gabe and ask him about that. And so um, it's still quite um, sensitive with all of his family and his friends because, he was such a, a large character and, and a good person, and 
to to have as a friend on your side. Um, he was an activist and worked diligently over the years to um, some years ago. This was part of me meeting him. Um, but he did accomplish getting the road closed in front of the Alamo because there had been a Native American burial ground there. And he did reinter uh, some bodies um, of Native Americans, him and uh, Judy New, with the Intertribal Council. And uh, he's just done great things. He's been on the front of Texas Monthly, which I used to have a copy of it. Um, and I have looked and looked and looked, and, and I can't surface it. So um, we'll have to try to find the replacement. I, I suffered a fire a number of years ago, and, and just quite possibly it could have been stored in some of that paperwork, and I lost it and realized I didn't have it anymore just now. Um, but if anybody's got a copy of that, uh, I'm sure we can get a photostatic static copy of uh, the article and uh, the front page of Texas Monthly that featured Gabe. Um, I have Connie, I believe, as a 409 member, and I'm just going to open the mic if they would like to make some comments. Sometimes I open the mic and it's somebody who doesn't really want to participate, but they're just listening in today. Good afternoon, 409 uh, area code. Is this Hi, Connie? Stacey. No, this is Lorraine. Hi, sweetheart. How are I, you? Um, I'm like you. <laughs> I didn't know I him know very you. long, but, I mean, he just touched my heart. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I was so glad that we got to go to Texas and that everybody who has not met him, you know, like yourself and mm-hmm. um uh, and and Donna and others that were there, um, some of my family came and shared with us and they were excited to meet him and he was just a big guy he was just a, a big person and he a big personality and uh, we will never forget him. I, I think Marilyn has affectionately named him our chief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. But, um, but uh, I don't know if we actually, if I actually ever convinced Gabe that I didn't open the door to his room and I didn't turn off his machine. At the at the toll barrett, <laughs> but I really didn't. Honest, he I think he was it leery really because was. I had told him he had been picking on Marilyn and I about y'all, the word y'all, and I had told him when we get to the meeting he better be very afraid, and I think he was watching for <laughs> something all while we were there, but I never did anything because I liked him too much. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We we had um, all of us experienced some things at at the Paul Barrett house, which would be classified as paranormal, and it was not malevolent. It was um, something that we uh, we were all just um, uh, kind of flabbergasted a little bit and uh, talked about it quite a bit. And he he was a true believer. He had had several experiences uh, when he reinterred um, 
some bodies, some Native American remains who had been dug up there at the Alamo, I believe at the post office, uh, which that kitty corner across from the Alamo there. Um, Anyway, for some reason, he ended up with the bodies, and he tells that story several times uh, over some of these radio episodes. So if you missed that, um, go back and listen to some of the uh, blog talk radio uh, episodes that we've had in the past because he does tell the story, I believe. And uh, he, so he was a firm believer in the paranormal and so we all experienced that at once, and we really couldn't deny it, could we? No, we couldn't. <laughs> it wasn't around. It happened, and I it think did. it made our uh, meeting a little more exciting to me, you know, and and uh, because to me sometimes I feel like I can I can feel my ancestors around me, and especially like if I go to a cemetery or something. And my family does not associate with that kind of feeling, you know. They think I'm weird, but I always knew that, you know. But, yeah, I, I believe in the paranormal to an extent, a pretty great extent. And um, I was just so thrilled with the things that happened while we were there. Yes, yes, it was exciting. And actually, Gabe and I had had... Um, uh, an experience up at uh, Newman's Ridge at one point. Um, both of us kind of just looked at each other with, "What the heck was that?" Um, mm-hmm. And 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 so maybe whenever we all get together, we stir those spirits and emotions within each other because we are all blood related. You know, our people were were the same, and and we. So I think that makes us doubly. Um, you know, in tune to those kind of feelings and things. And I must say that also, yes, and I must also say that um, I didn't, afterwards, I I realized that the lady that was supposedly, you know, um, visiting there at her old home, Miss Tall Barrett, um, I forget what her first name is, but her actual real name was Thompson. And so, and she was a, um, she was an orphan, and the people that originally built that home uh, promised not to change her name because her father had been killed at the Alamo, and she was an orphan, and they took her in to raise, and they couldn't have any children. She ended up inheriting the place, and on and on, and then her and her husband lived there. But that Thompson name is related to us in some ways there in East Texas with the Thompson Choctaws. And so, mm-hmm. you know, possibly he could have felt that we were kin as well. You know, we might have been stirring even more than than we uh, saw on the surface. Um, I did also want to say, um, read Gary's obituary, and it was um, so lovely. So many people have commented so many nice things uh, about him on line and um, at the different groups that he was a member of. And I believe Peggy is leaving his Facebook. So, you know, I might wander over there before the day is over and say, hey, I, I missed you today or whatever. And um, mm-hmm. just leave him a message there. Um, but he was born in Oakland, California. 
like I said, July 24th, 1943. And he died Wednesday, April 29th, 2015 in St. Louis, Missouri. Gary was served, uh, Gary served his country in the United States Navy during the Cuban conflict. He was a pilot, the owner of Sundance Airways, an Indian activist, a tribal member of the Chickasaw Nation, a worker at the UTHSC in San Antonio, and a Tupperware distributor in Illinois. One of his most rewarding accomplishments was the closing of the street in front of the Alamo in San Antonio to keep traffic off the grave, graves and make it available for foot traffic only. He was very interested in family history and enjoyed digging around old dusty courthouses and making endless phone calls with family members. Gary was preceded in death by his parents, Joe W. and Francis B. O'Brien Gapehart, surviving are his wife and best friend, Peggy Gapehart, whom he married 29 years ago in San Antonio, Texas. His children include Tim or Kim Gapehart of Spring, Texas, Tammy Gabehart of Houston, Texas, stepchildren Stephen, Yvette, Bishop of Muscoota, Illinois, and Larry and Laura Bishop of San Antonio, Texas, 11 grandchildren, three great-grandchildren, five brothers and two sisters, and hundreds of friends who will miss him so much. And then um, also that memorials for um, when we, I did, was able to attend the memorial in Troy, which was so beautiful. Um, Peggy really did a nice job, and um, we were able to um, uh, enjoy everybody's company, and and it was quite a little crowd came, and um then we all went out to eat, and it, it was very nice. But then he had uh, another memorial service, I believe, in San Antonio, and then another one in Houston that Tammy and uh, Tim, or Kim, um, Tim and Kim and Tammy um, did down there. So um, we had some really nice – I did read one of the memorials said that Peggy gave all of his friends and visitors a yellow rose, and then they placed it, I believe, um, to be buried with him. And I thought that was just absolutely sweet. And uh, she she was so gracious, uh, such a nice lady. We went out there. And I did take his dog. I did take um, Aussie, which I had promised him. He called me. I guess it was a little over a year ago, and, and, and he asked me, please, if anything happened to him, that I would promise to come and take uh, O.C., the Australian Shepherd, that I had given him a number of years ago. I believe she's about eight years old, and um, eight or nine years old. And so I promised him that I would, so I feel like he was probably feeling uh, a little heavy-hearted about um, possibly his condition or what have you, and I just made the promise and, and I didn't cue him or ask him too deeply because I don't think he would have asked me if it wasn't pretty serious. So, um, 
but we will always remember him and, and and such good times we had. Um, there's always pulling stunts and jokes and uh, just uh, I don't know. One time we came in and he had <laughs> he had a baseball cap with long hair and he, he dressed up and he was just sitting over there in the quiet with that wig on and I think we all just spewed our drinks everywhere and. And laughed and laughed and laughed. He he was just a he just always had a a comedic thing. Um, I don't have any other callers. Did you have anything else you wanted to add and uh, comment about? Go ahead. I would because it meant a lot to me. Um, he started calling me little sister, and that mm-hmm. made me feel so good. So I started calling him big brother. You know, and. He he is he was such a sweet, wonderful man. I just immediately fell in love with him when I met him and no I didn't fall in love with him that way. But like a big brother. And um I'm gonna miss him and I know everyone else is and we just have to keep thinking about him with love and he'll never go away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we we uh, also had some news um, that that Gary. I was so lucky because Dave has written a chapter for the New Goins book, and so he had completed it. But he was making small changes here, there, and uh, updates as he as he could. And he uh, the day that he went in the hospital, he called me that morning and he said, "Asked me to do a few things," and then. Uh, he sent me his funnel, you know, what what he had done. And um, so he had completed his chapter, and it is quite extensive with, oh, just loads and loads of, of family and connections and, <clears throat> excuse me, we did enjoy talking about the fact that you're going Lorraine and mm-hmm. my going match perfectly Y DNA, and that our Y DNA matched the Williams family, the Sweat family, the Warwicks or Ricks, Warwicks, the Powells, the Perkins, but we did not match Gabe Jeremiah Goins' line. And we did not match Marilyn and Mr. Max uh, of Louisiana's line. But we know we're related through other ways. Uh, our, our Y DNA actually was was that among some other families, and, and we're a perfect match for them. But we did not match uh, the Melungeon, uh any of the Melungeon Goinses. Either so we only matched each other, and uh, so that has opened up a whole new box of relatives. Mm-hmm. And so we've been uh, Lorraine and I and Marilyn and um, have been working, and people like Andy Nash helping us out, and uh, Donna always uh, encouraging us and giving us details and things that we need to. Uh, further our research of these families that what we're finding out is is the 
we all have to cross paths somewhere. And so we're trying to locate between the Williams, the Sweats, the Warwicks, the Powells, the Perkins, the Goins, how and where did our DNA become the same? And so uh, we're working hard to figure that out, and we've invited everyone over to a new um, group where we're sharing kind of privately right now because we're just not sure where we're related. So everybody that matched is now collaborating on uh, a, a, a one common group where we can share files and um, I know that you uh, have had a busy week, but uh, how have you have you been able to keep up with some of the new things that are happening over there, Lorraine? Um, no, not really. We've we've been having quite a, a family thing going on, and so I haven't really been online very much. But I promise you, right. this is a new week coming up, and I will get some work done. I promise. <laughs> Oh, you're fine. You're fine. We've got plenty of time, and it's a lot to digest. Um, everybody has contributed what they knew of their genealogy for those families, and we're just trying to figure out. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it happened in Alabama or Georgia. But then again, some of them we pick up in Missouri, which was later Arkansas, and uh, then move into Texas together, and some of them over in Louisiana. So um, it, it's going to be quite a chore to track each family and, and put them together. There was also some other research. Uh, Gabe and I uh, went up to Jamestown, Virginia, a number of years ago to a – we had a little deal at the National Genealogical – Society Fair up there at Jamestown for their, I believe it was 1607 uh, anniversary, 1607 to 2007, I believe. And we did some digging around, and we found some information from the George Washington papers on a John Nash. And I, we, we, we felt they were important, but we just didn't know how yet. And so I pulled those things and transcribed them recently because I wanted to look a little further into them. And and this is what it was. It was, there was a John Nash. He was assigned, or not assigned, but he was a trader, an Indian trader uh, among the Katawas. Nottaways and Cherokees up on the Cumberland River, which part of where he's documented is that um, I believe it was at Fort Cumberland where he picked up all of these supplies and then he would report back because part of these supplies that he were given he was given was to distribute among the Indians as gifts from the United States. And so he some of the things he bargained and sold and some of them were just plain out gifts. Um but he ended up or his descendants, a Thomas and a William, ended up claiming land on Rye Cove 
which was very near Fort Blackmore, which was right there on that crazy North Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, at one point was just all right there in the same location. And so I'm taking that, that a little further research. And Ira, uh, I-R-A, Ira Nash, who also came to Mississippi early, he ended up settling there. These same men um, claimed some land in Chowan County, North Carolina, originally John and Thomas and uh, and uh, William, and uh, we've, we've got those land claims also, and they were early land claims, you know, prior to 1800. In fact, uh, some of them were, you know, 1750 through. Well, this John... Nash was a trader uh, in the 1756-57 time frame um, in the George Washington papers. And then after that, they claim it looks like in uh, Chowan County, North Carolina, which is where we've always thought that our Thomas Nash came from. I also have a veterans roll call that was done uh, a couple of years ago at the um, we had a big gathering of Redbone Heritage Foundation uh, for an annual conference in Nacogdoches, Texas in 2008. And we pulled together because it was during this time period of um, Memorial Day. Um, and we want to extend our um, thank yous to all the veterans who served and um, some paid with their life for our freedom here and um, to build our nation. And here's a, 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 our Veterans Roll Call um, from the fourth annual conference. And if you've got more veterans to add to this, please get a hold of me. Um, I do not mind whatsoever to um, add if, you can, if you've got a red bone ancestor or family member who served, we'd be happy to add them to the list. Um, uh, yellow ribbons were Derek Bell, who was at that time the U.S. Army current conflict Iraq. Stephen Breitig, U.S. Army current conflict, 2008. Ryan Husby, U.S. Army serving in current conflict, and that would have been 2008. Lieutenant Nick Ferry, USMC, current conflict, Iraq, and that would have been 2008. Um, veterans that we weren't sure if they served in a war or if they were just veterans, Buddy F. Calhoun, U.S. Air Force, Jesse Calhoun, U.S. Army, Durrell Jean Calhoun, KIA Vietnam, 1970. Marcel Davis, U.S. Army, Vietnam, 1965. Avon Fee, U.S. Army. James Thomas Fee, Korea, 1950, U.S. Army. Thurman Fee, U.S. Army. Gary, Gabe, Gabe Hart, Chickasaw, U.S. Navy, Cuba. Timothy Lewis, Gabe Hart, Chickasaw. U.S. Army, Red Sea. Richard Gabe Hart, Chickasaw, 
U.S. Army, post-war Germany. William A. Garcia, U.S. Air Force, 1980-83, peacetime. Clarence Leon Gowen, USMC, 1957-1960. Dwight Sunny Boy Gowen, USMC, 1957-1960. Howard Gowen, U.S. Air Force, 1963-1967. Jerome Joseph Holscher, Sergeant U.S. Army, Korea. Farrell Hinkle, U.S. Army, excuse me, U.S. Air Force, 1959-1963. George Aaron Morris, U.S. US Navy, World War II, rank MM3, served abroad, U.S. Bladen, aboard the U.S. Bladen, excuse me. Aubrey Townsend, West Point graduate, Merchant Marine, U.S. Marine Corps, France, Germany, and Cuba. Bobby D. Smitty, my husband, Sergeant Alpha Company. Mekong Delta, so he must have served in Vietnam. World War II, Howard Hugh Ashworth, Sergeant. World War II, Battle of the Bulge, Europe. Kenneth Barfield, U.S. Marine, World War II. Clint Davis, U.S. Army, World War II, Veteran, 1940. Amos C. Calhoun, World War II, Daniel Calhoun, Korea, World War II, U.S. Navy. Nellon Calhoun, World War II, U.S. Navy. Milton Fee, U.S. Navy, World War II. Joe Willie Gabehart, Chickasaw, U.S. Army, World War II. Battle of the Bulge, Europe. So Gabe's dad served in the Battle of the Bulge. Lloyd Goins, Merchant Marines, World War II. Irvin Goins, U.S. Army, World War II, Europe. Farley Benjamin Goins, U.S. Navy, World War II, and Korea. Grady Goins, U.S. Army, World War II, and Philippines. Wilson Goins, U.S. Army, World War II. Earl Gaston Goins, World War II, Purple Heart, and Distinguished Service Cross. Earl, the Congressional Medal of Honor by a tiny bit. Lewis. A. Hilborn, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Minor Columbus Hinkle, U.S. Army. Raymond McLeod, World War II, U.S. Navy. Joe Preston Parrott, U.S. Army, World War II, France and Germany. Carl Wayne Stringer, United States Army, Korea. Raymond B. Tober, U.S. World War II, killed in action, France. Stuart Stringer, U.S. Army. James R. Turner, U.S. Army, World War II, Korea, Vietnam. Robert Willis, USS Arizona, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, World War II. James R. Turner, U.S. Army, World War II, Korea, Vietnam. Billy A. Bunch, U.S. Navy. Chester Smitty, Sergeant, U.S. Army. Elmer Lee Floyd, U.S. Army. And Zio Beach. Horace Richard Floyd, U.S. Army. Roy Willard Floyd, U.S. Army. Benjamin Buddy Calhoun, World War I, U.S. Army. 
Merlin Calhoun, World War One, U.S. Army. William Welcome Morris, U.S. Army Air Corps, World War One. Dr. Daniel O. Willis, World War One. General Jan- Jackson Hinkle, U.S. Army. David Stonewall Hinkle, U.S. Army. The War Between the States, Civil War. John C. Calhoun, Joseph Calhoun, Aaron Fee, Clemente Gowen, excuse me, Clemente Galindo, Daniel Gowen, James Gowen, Rayburn Gowen, Reuben Gowen, Matthias Mowry, Louis Mulkey, Benjamin Nash, Manual Command Nash, Louisiana Infantry War, Bureau Nash, William Neville, Confederate Recruit, Wilson Ashley Parker, and Peter Logan Parker, Ignacio Perez, Adam Ray, Nelson Anderson Stevens, Leonard Stringer, Joel Stringer, Enriquez Tovar, Wilson Taylor, Amuel Willis, Crawford Willis, Davis Willis Jr., Lemuel Willis, William Willis, Thomas Hill Floyd, James Alexander McFall, Preston Ogle, Henry E. Lithgow, James Hamilton, Reuben Smitty Jr., Jesse Bowling, Jesse A. Bunch, Granville Walker, Elias Reynolds, Henry Miller, Wesley Williams, Texas Rangers, Samuel Gowen, Rayburn Gowen, Eborn Gowen, James Gowen, John Gowen, Black Hawk Wars and Texas Revolution, Richard Giddens, served in Sergeant Black Hawk War, Cherokee, Zachariah Stringer, Seminole War, Black Hawk War and Texas Revolution. William H. Taylor, Texas Revolution. Josiah Taylor, Texas Revolution. George W. Chapman, Texas Revolution. Stephen Frazier, Texas Revolution. William Fraser, Frazier, Texas Revolution. War of 1812, William Goins Jr., Mounted Cherokees in the Battle of Horseshoe Bend, Alabama War of 1812. War of 1812 continued, uh, William H. Taylor, War of 1812, the Clouts Regiment. James Groves, War of 1812, the Clouts Regiment. Schuyler Hamilton, Simon Dodson, Ruman Smitty, Jeremiah Boland, Sr. American Revolution, William Goins, Sr., North Carolina Militia, Captain Dixon Swan. John Goins, Alexander Goins, Daniel Goins, Henry Goins, William Goins, Drury Goins of Fairfield, South Carolina. All served, all brothers and father served in the revolution. Edward Goins, North Carolina Militia. Nimrod Perkins, Red Brown Progenator, Free African American Soldier. He was a drummer from 1777 until 1781. Um, Mingo Stringer, Sharps Company, 10th North Carolina Regiment, George Sweat, Militia Revolutionary War, Joseph Willis Sr., who fought with Francis Marion, the Swamp Fox, William Dodson, Major John Bowling, 
William Billy Ogle, and and some of these were names submitted by Alex Garcia, Gabe Gabe Hart, Susan Carpenter, Betty Calhoun, Howard Goins, Albie Walt, Stacey Webb, Patricia Hinkle, Coburn, and a few more. Um, and and we do thank you. And if you have any additions. Uh, for recognition on the website to add to our veterans roll call. Um, please do uh, get a hold of me, and I will try to make those corrections or additions and get those up on our uh, website. Um, let's see if we've got anything else to go over here today. Um, I just wanted to add that... Um I was so proud of my uncle. Of course, I wasn't born yet, but he was in World War II. He was a Marine, and he fought on the front lines, and he told us horror stories of things that happened. But he went, and he he, he did his duty, you know, but he did it because he loved his country. And he, he didn't die, thank God, <laughs> but he was the... I think he was the handsomest Marine there ever has been. <laughs> my mother grew up during, my mother and father both kind of grew up during World War II as well. And um, she has a, a an uncle who went off to uh, World War II and he didn't come home. And, and she she was always loved him and thought he was the most handsome. It was quite a time in our world. It was quite a time in our country then. And, People were pretty proud of our, you know, of our country and the, our men and our boys, and um, so so many rejoiced. I mean, I I used to hear of how hard it was, you know, with the rations, food rations, and um, you know, no tires and no gas, and everything mm-hmm. went to help the boys. You know, everything went to for the boys overseas. Right. And so um, uh, we don't, we don't, um, I don't know that we all um, come together that way anymore. How do you feel about it? I'm sorry, can you say that again? I'm sorry, excuse me just one minute. Okay. I've got a phone call, hold on one second. Okay.
Okay, I'm back. I apologize. I had another call, and um, I wanted to check on that. And uh, it was a couple of people calling in, but that really didn't want to um, have much to say. We're just listening in today. And um, go ahead. I'm sorry about the. Did you uh, did you have something to add about the veterans roll call? Um, or about no, World War II? No, um, I I don't really have anything. But I do want to say that next month, um, my granddaughter goes into the Navy, and this has been her dream since she was 13 years old. And I am so proud of her. And I am proud of all of our troops. They're heroes. Every one of them are heroes now and past and in the future. And I thank them all for fighting for this country. Absolutely, absolutely. And giving their time and their precious lives and and, and to to, to sustain and, and continue to keep us free. Uh, they've given of themselves. I, I have a, a two stepsons, um, Webb boys that uh, served, and um, one Corey Webb, uh, who served several rounds in Iraq and Afghanistan. And now, when is your daughter? Is your granddaughter leaving? How old is she? Uh, she will turn 18 in July, um, the 22nd, and she's going into the Navy for training on July the 7th. Um, She has been Navy um, for the past year and a half, I believe, because she did join. She was sworn in and everything, but she was on the delayed entry program because she wanted to finish high school first. And so she finished two years of high school in one year so she could go in. Wow, that's fabulous. Well, we wish her all the luck in the world and and so glad that she's getting to see her dream come true and, and serve our country so proudly. And um, uh, that is uh, something to be quite proud of, Miss um, Lorraine. And congratulations to you, too, honey. I know it's hard to see those babies go away. Oh, yes. <laughs> but the yeah. thing is about her, she is, this girl is absolutely beautiful. She could be a model or anything. And I'm not just saying that because she's my granddaughter, because it's true. And they're going to put her on one of those huge guns, a gunnery mate. And I thought, she's too little. And she said, right. honey, it's all going to be all right. <laughs> That's I'm right. Proud That's of her. right. We just have to trust the Lord that he's going to watch over them and, and take care of them in his ways. But anyway, well, I'm going to, we've got some really bad weather coming in here. And um, I, I lost, I actually thought that I lost um, signal and I'm worried that I will. So if, if I accidentally abruptly cut off from everyone, uh, we have tornado watches coming in here. And uh, so we probably need to, uh, and I, I didn't have any other callers, and I just wanted to remember Gabe today and, and catch everybody. Oh, there was one more commentary that I was going to make, and that was on the closing of Sorensen Lab and also of Ancestry DNA. Um, I really diligently kind of researched this this morning and trying to figure out yesterday and today, trying to figure out what the heck happened 
I'm really not sure still to this date why they were closing, except that they had a crime in Idaho Falls, and uh, some way they have the DNA from this this crime, and I think it was like a brutal crime. And they chased that DNA back to the Sorensen lab or Ancestry DNA, and they pinned it down to like one person, a couple of families, or pinned it down to this one man. And I don't know, everybody said, well, you know how rumors spread around that Ancestry or Sorensen just released the, the information in it. I don't know, but I don't really understand why they're closing except for this incident that they released information from their DNA database or maybe because it's accessible to anybody. You know, if you have the the numbers, you can punch those numbers in and try to find a match. And so I would say that's what they did and uh, narrowed it down. And uh, But anyway, Sorensen's lab and Ancestry DNA are closing down. So they're not going to be, um, you know, that's a setback for a genetic genealogist who are just now, they're not going to destroy the DNA that they've taken. They're just closing. So they're not going to offer their database anymore. So you really, whatever results we had, which were encrypted anyway, uh, Sorensen has their own way of encrypting uh DNA results, and so you can't put those without uh, without having them converted to uh, a standard numbers, uh, unencrypt those. Uh, you couldn't use them for matching database anyway. So, not quite sure, but yeah, we've, we're having some strong thunderstorms over here. I can kind of hear them breaking around me and. Um, uh, do you have any more comments, Miss Marilyn? This is Lorraine on this no. side. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Marilyn there? No, I thought I thought <laughs> Marilyn was there, but well, she must have hung up because she said she had bad storms coming in too. I was going to get her to to comment, but um, she we may have lost her because of these. She's over in Arkansas. So, well, Ms. Lorraine, did you have any any further comments today? Or uh, we're having here in Texas um, some very severe flooding. I mean, all over mm-hmm. Texas, and um, there's there's so many people losing their homes. And so far, I haven't heard of any deaths except for one in Oklahoma. But I would like to ask everybody to remember our. Um, first responders, because they're out there doing their job, and it's very dangerous rescuing these people who wouldn't leave, you know, when they were told to. And they are, they are to me, they are as heroes also, because they they work so hard, and they put their life in danger for that. Right, right, absolutely. I heard that there was some uh, tornadoes touching down or several that touched down in North Texas last week. I think 10, they said. So we'll try to remember them in our prayers and, and that the weather will go the other way and, and the Lord will intervene and and, and uh, 
rescue us all from from those kinds of uh, natural disasters and that. And again, we we want to remember our brother, and and I'm so glad I was able to keep it together and and not get too upset because uh, we're sure going to miss him for a long, long time. Uh, and um, I'm going to play the um, the Chickasaw. Um, Christian uh, song that we played uh, or that was passed around the internet in memory of Gary, but I had planned to play it on the other side of this because I can't listen to it and then talk to anybody. So mm-hmm. um, wishing everybody safe, um, safe from the weather, and thank you uh, for joining us today, and we hope you join us again. Don't forget about the Melungeon Heritage Association is having their union and we'll be making several press releases over the next few days. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining me.
Thanks again for joining us here at Blog Talk Radio from BuckingTime.biz. My name is Stacey Webb, and this has been in memory of Gary Gabe Hart, Michiha. We love you, brother. We'll always miss you.